Salvete omnes, welcome to the AP Latin Podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's De Bello Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati, eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 6a, De Bello Gallico, Book 4, Chapters 26 and 27. In this episode, you will learn that water is Roman kryptonite, and that defending yourself against an obvious invasion force is considered bringing war without cause. Pugnatum est ab utrisque acriter, nostri tamen, quod neque ordine servare, neque thermiter insistere, neque signa subsequi poterant, atque alias alia ex nawi, quibuscumque signis occurrerat, se ad gregabat, magnopera perturbabantur. Hostes vero notis omnibus vadis, ubi ex litera aliquos singulares, ex nawi egredientes conspexerant, Incitatis equis impeditos adorie bantur, plures paucos circumstitebant, alii ablatera aperto in universos tela coniciebant. Quod cum animadvertiset Caesar, scafas longarum navium, item speculatoria navigia militibus compleri usit. Et, quos laborantes conspexerat, his subsidia submitebant. Nostri, simul in arido constiterunt, suis omnibus consecutis, in hostes impetum ficerunt atque eos in fugam diderunt. Neque longius prosequi potuerunt, quod equites cursum tenera atque insulum capera non potuerunt. Hoc unum ad pristinam fortunam Caesari defuit. Hostes proilio superati, Similatque se ex fuga recaperunt, statim ad Caesarem legatos de pace miserunt. Obsides daturos, quaeque imperaset facturos, se se policiti sunt. Una cum his legatis, comios atrebas venit, quem supra demonstraveram a Caesare in Britanniam primissum. Hunc illi enawi egressum, cum ad eos oratoris modo, Caesaris mandata deferet. Comprehenderant atque in vincula conjecerant. Tum, prolio facto, remiserunt et in patenda pace eos rei culpam in multitudinem contulerunt, et propter imprudentiam ut ignosceretur petiverunt. Caesar questus, quod, cum ultro incontinentem legatis missis pacem abse petissent, bellum sina causa intulissent. Ignoscara imprudentiae dixit obsidesque imperavit. Quorum illi partem statum diderunt, partem ex longinquioribus locis arcesitam paucis diebus sese daturus dixerunt. Interias suos remigrare in agros iuserunt, principesque undique convenire et sequitatesque suas caesari commendare coeperunt. It was fought fiercely by each side. However, our men, because they were not able either to preserve ranks or stand firmly or follow after their standards, and each person from each ship was running to whatever standards and assembling themselves, were greatly thrown into confusion. 
But the enemy, with all the shallow places known, when they had caught sight of any people alone coming out from a ship, with their horses spurred on, they were assailing the encumbered men. Many were surrounding few. Others from the open flank were throwing their weapons into everyone, which, when Caesar had realized this, he ordered the skiffs of the long ships, and likewise the scouting boats, to be filled with soldiers. And those whom he had caught sight of struggling, to these he was undertaking assistance. Our men, as soon as they stood on dry land, after all of their men had followed after, made an attack into the enemy and gave them into flight. But they were not able to pursue any further because the cavalry had not been able to hold their course and take the island. This one thing was lacking towards pristine fortune for Caesar. The enemy having been conquered in battle, as soon as they recovered themselves from flight, immediately sent legates to Caesar about peace. They promised that they would give hostages and they would do what he had ordered. Together with these legates came Commius Atrebas, whom I had pointed out earlier was sent by Caesar into Britannia. This man, having come out from his ship, when he was delivering the mandates of Caesar to them in the manner of an orator, they had seized and thrown into chains. Then, after the battle was done, they sent him back, and in seeking peace they laid the fault of the affair on the multitude, and on account of their imprudence sought that it be pardoned. These are complained because, although earlier when legates had been sent into the continent they had sought peace from him, they had brought war without cause. He said that he pardoned them of their imprudence, and he ordered hostages, of which they gave part immediately. They said that they would give the part summoned from further off places in a few days. In the meantime they ordered their people to return into the fields, and the chiefs from everywhere to gather, and they began to entrust themselves and their tribes to Caesar. Last time, we saw the eagle-bearer of the tenth rally the men to courage by leaping out from his ship and running into the thick of the enemy, heedless of the deep water, heavy armor, unknown location, and enemy chariots that he was facing. Everybody followed after and the battle is joined in earnest, but the Romans are still having all kinds of trouble. For the reasons Caesar mentioned earlier, the Romans were not able to form ranks and organize themselves, leading to improvised battle lines and leaving isolated groups to be picked off by the Britons. But Caesar does not allow the Romans to stay disadvantaged, and we again see him snap into action and make immediate and confident command decisions. He orders small boats to be filled with soldiers and to bring quick aid to his struggling men, and eventually the Romans reach the shore. Once out of the water, the Romans regain their military superpowers and quickly put the enemy to flight. Caesar makes this happen almost immediately in the narrative, emphasizing with Simul that all it took for the Romans to send the enemy running in fear was their regaining their footing on dry land. Caesar makes it clear that the near disastrous defeat wasn't any fault of the Roman soldiers, but that the water took away all their strength. But just like Superman and Kryptonite, as soon as they get away from what is draining their powers, they come back in full force. Then, with another simul and a statim in the same sentence, Caesar continues to pour on the emphasis of just how fast the enemy sent emissaries requesting peace. Commius reappears at this point, whom Caesar had sent as his ambassador ahead into Britain. And with a couple of quotes, we get to see Caesar the narrator describing Caesar the general, which Caesar the author takes pains to clearly distinguish. So Caesar says, "...whom I had mentioned earlier, and whom Caesar had sent into Britannia, as though they're different people." But there are three Caesars at play in this section of text, narrator, character, and author, and they are all him. Caesar the general, inside the story, complains about how the Britons are bringing war on him without cause, 
even though he is clearly the one with the invasion force. But he had sent Commius earlier, proclaiming his peaceful intentions, so he definitely was not planning an invasion, and the Britons definitely attacked Caesar first without provocation, and they are definitely at fault for defending their territory. The Britons give part of their required hostages and do something that Caesar will describe the Gauls, Germans, and Britons all doing several times, which is blaming others and acquiescing to his requests, only to plot a rebellion shortly after, which we will see happen next time. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. Why was there confusion of ranks among Caesar's soldiers during the battle? How does Caesar present himself as saving the day and turning the tide of the battle? How does Caesar use his enemy's recognition of his authority to mold the audience's opinion and perception of him? What is the effect of Caesar writing in the first person in this passage? How is Caesar the author different from Caesar the character in the commentary? How did the British leaders attempt to escape blame for their treatment of Commius and their attack on the beach? Gratias ago pro auscultando, valete.